0: Next, from CBS Sports the National
1: Football League. Hello everybody. it is Super Bowl Sunday and welcome to this special edition of it was the thing on TV presents right here on PodBean. Greg here. and guess who's here? Mike's here and we're gonna preview Super Bowl number LVI. That's 56 if you don't know your Roman numerals. That's right. I learned my Roman numerals as Bart Simpson did from the Rocky movies between the hometown Los Angeles Rams and the team that's doing it for Harambe, the Cincinnati Bengals. So we got Matt Stafford, Joe Burrow. We have an exciting matchup. Sure, you could turn on NBC. You could hear Mike Tirico and a bunch of other people drone on and on about how exciting this game is going to be and who's going to have the key matchups between the Rams and the Bengals guess what you're not going to find it on this podcast
2: not at all no there's no
1: serious analysis to this podcast Mike's watched all the NFL this year I barely watched any NFL this year except for like the last probably like two weeks I most I've watched for the Bengals all year was like the last two minutes against Tennessee and the AFC title game. That's it. And the Rams have probably been like what the last, the whole three weeks going back to that uh, playoff game with Arizona on that Monday night back in the wild Card week. Right. Where the, <laughs> what the hell was Kyler Murray thinking, throwing that pass.
2: So in other words, you're trying to tell our audience that you're well prepared to do this.
1: Oh, I'm well prepared to do this. So no pressure, no pressure at all. I'm still probably going to be better than half the NFL analysts on TV. So we got an exciting matchup. The Rams have come. They're here in LA playing the Super Bowl in front of their home crowd. Weirdly, second straight year, the Super Bowl host venue has a team from the area.
2: Yeah, because last year it was in Tampa Bay, and well, everybody's favorite bunch of cheaters hosted the game and won the game, and the less we talk about it, the
1: although let's put a big honk and asterix on that. That's a pandemic season. That doesn't count as far as I'm concerned.
2: Well, it's in the record book, so I don't
1: care. As far as my book, it's an asterisk. That entire season should not have been played. It was an entire joke that they played an entire season with no COVID restrictions whatsoever. It's because Roger Goodell is greedy. But that's a rant for another day. He's not wrong, though. Yes. So Sean McVay coaching the Rams their second Super Bowl in four years.
2: Yeah, and with a different quarterback
1: this time. Yes, Matthew Stafford. How much does it have to suck to be a Detroit Lions fan? You've never been to a Super Bowl in your life. You're probably never going to see the Super Bowl in your life. And not only that, but the quarterback who suffered for like a dozen years is going to the Super Bowl his first year with a new team. And you're stuck with Jared Goff.
2: Well, I think that shows you the state of affairs in Detroit, that they are just basically football purgatory. Yes. And and things look at all the good players they've had that just have gotten nowhere. You have Matthew Stafford. You've got Calvin Johnson, who's in the hall of fame. You've got Barry Sanders who's in the hall of fame and none of them have anything to show for it, at least with Detroit. So, you know, Matthew Stafford, Good on him. He got traded to the Rams. He's taken the Rams to the Super Bowl. And to say the least, I think he is the most worthy player, not just getting to the Super Bowl this year, but I think he's the most deserving of winning a Super Bowl. Because if you're stuck in Detroit for 12 years, 12 losing seasons, I think he had one playoff appearance in 12 years. He deserves this one. You know what this reminds me of? Remember
1: when Ray Bork won the Stanley Cup with the Colorado Avalanche after he was with the Boston Bruins for like 20 years? Yeah. Yeah, that's what it would remind me of if he won the Super Bowl with the Rams. You know what's so amazing? Ray Bork was with the Colorado Avalanche a season and a half, and he has his number retired by the Colorado Avalanche for winning one lousy Stanley Cup.
2: Well, you know, there has been a standard that in the past where a Hall of Fame player plays for a team for a season or two seasons, and they get their number retired, even though they only played like in the twilight of their career. The one example that comes to mind, a local example, is the Cavs retired Nate Thurman's 42, even though he only played for them like in 1976-77. Oh, okay. And that was the end of his career. So there is a precedent. Okay. Well... Oh, the wide
1: receivers on the Rams. I know this is going to be tough for you to talk about. No, it's not. Uh, You don't really care about Odell?
2: I'm glad he's not on my team. Okay, good. He was a nuisance. He was a pest. He was, for lack of a better word, as much as I hate using it, he was a cancer in the locker room. And... Microphones even caught him having a discussion with, uh, with Nick Chubb, Pro Bowl running back, by the way, playing right now as we record this, playing in the Pro Bowl. He was uh, caught on a uh, microphone saying to Nick Chubb, uh, all I want to do is pad my stats. Or All I want to do is get the ball. And Nick Chubb's response, his rebuttal was, all I want to do is win. So tell me which one is the team player. The one who wants to pad his stats or the one who just wants to win.
1: Yeah, I can sympathize having had a diva like Jamal Adams here. So,
2: And he's getting his uh, just desserts in Seattle. So there you go.
1: Yeah. Number 10 pick, baby.
2: But no, I mean, Odell, as much as I want Stafford to win, that's how much I want Odell to lose. I'm, I'm sorry. He, he was such a, I can't even call him a teammate. He's not a teammate. He plays for himself. He plays for the check. He plays uh, for the the views on social media and all that. We all remember the, the picture on the boat with the Giants.
1: Oh, yeah. The legendary picture of the boat with the Giants. And I think they've been cursed ever since that picture.
2: Well, and, and I, maybe not just cursed. But, I mean, they've done nothing. They they went and got Daniel Jones with, like, the sixth pick back in 2019. He's done very little, if anything. Saquon Barkley, great running back, drafted number two overall in 2018. He's been injured more often than he's been healthy, which is a shame because he's a darn good running back. And they've gone through coach after coach after coach. They just got rid of Judge and they're bringing in Dable.
1: Yeah. And not only that, but we all know there's a certain controversy involving that hire. Yeah. The lesson is don't text Brian Flores.
2: (laughs) Not at least right now. No. Yeah, you want to text Brian Flores in like six months or three months ago? Go for it. Don't text Brian Flores while he's in the middle of his little stuff. But talking about the L.A. wide receivers, yeah, Odell is talented if he can get his head in the game. Cooper Cup is maybe the best receiver in football, especially
1: this year. Oh, he is an incredible player. Like, when I see him catch the ball, I'm like, wow, this guy is, like, one of the most amazing players I've ever seen.
2: He's like a football magnet, he's amazing, and then you've got people who are injured Robert woods he's no slack he's he's a decent wide receiver and Tyler Higby he's been a very reliable tight end, and I'm looking at the stats and I didn't know this person was number two in terms of receiving yards for the Rams this year, and I liked him. I thought he was a little diamond in the rough for fantasy purposes van jefferson Van Jefferson. He was like a third round pick last year, 2020, I should say. This is his second year, but he ended up with 50 catches for 802 yards. Again, second on the team in yards behind Cup and third on the team in catches behind Higby and Cup. Oh, so he, he's no slouch. Okay. We got to talk about the defense. The Rams' defense. Oh, yeah. They're almost in the same boat or at least one person on the Rams isn't like the same boat or a similar boat, in my opinion, as Matthew Stafford. I'm talking about Aaron Donald. I mean, Darren Donald's been in the league for, I think about eight or nine years now, seven years. And he's been like a pro bowler every year, all pro almost every year. And he did make the Super Bowl, as we mentioned, uh, with uh, the Jared golf team a couple of years ago but he hasn't gotten the big one. I think if he gets the big one, that basically like stamps his passport to Kim. Yes. He's going to make it regardless, but I think this is like that emphatic stamp.
1: Yeah. Well, another person you could argue is probably a future Hall of Famer is Von
2: Miller. Oh, absolutely. Von Miller. And that was a nice pickup for them in the middle of the season. He obviously has a Super Bowl title. He won one with uh, Peyton Manning and the Broncos back in 16, 15?
1: 15. That was a Super Bowl 50 team against Carolina.
2: Right. So he's got his, and he's probably going to the Hall of Fame too. And again, if he can get a second ring, that'll basically uh, get him uh, carte blanche into Canton. But also another player that we shouldn't overlook is Jalen Ramsey. Ooh,
1: Jalen Ramsey.
2: A big acquisition a number of years ago from uh, Jacksonville. He absolutely hated in Jacksonville.
1: Oh, yeah. I would hate playing in Jacksonville if I was stuck with Doug
2: Marone. Well, D- Doug Marone, but also uh, Tony Khan. And his dad. Yeah. so to- Tony Khan would only
1: care about the booking for EW that week. Like, oh, Jaguars. <laughs>
2: Yeah. But yeah, Jalen Ramsey did not like it in Jacksonville. He got traded to the Rams. uh, I want to say it was about 2019 at this point, or maybe 2020. And he's been like all pro lights out. He's been the big piece in the defensive backfield for the Rams. Especially since they lost a couple of uh, defensive backs in free agency this past offseason to the Browns. John Johnson, the third and Troy Hill. Thank you very much, Rams. But yeah, he's like the, it's almost like a three headed defensive monster. You got Aaron Donald, who we all know you've got Von Miller, who we all know is still putting up numbers, uh, even though he's well over 30 and you've got pretty much at his prime right now, Jalen Ramsey.
1: Yes. So if the Rams can win the Super Bowl, that's like, would you, you'd probably say that this is like one of the most stacked teams that could ever win a Super Bowl if they do it.
2: They're stacked in a way. They're, they're not, well, again, if we look at it, they probably legitimately have at this point, now, and this is very early for people like uh, potentially Jalen Ramsey, but especially for Cooper Cup, potentially they've got five Hall of Fame players on their team right now. Stafford, Cup, Ramsey, and Von Miller and Aaron Donald. They have five legitimate Hall of Famers on that team. So they're stacked in that regard. I mean, how many Hall of Famers did, let's say, the Steelers have back in the day, back in the 70s, or the 49ers have in the 80s? They had more than five, I would say. I mean, when you're talking about the Steelers, you had Bradshaw. And you had Stallworth and you had Lynn Swan, Frank O'Harris, And that's just on the offensive side. We haven't even talked about linemen. Uh, Mike Webster, the center, was a Hall of Famer. And then you get to Jack Ham and Jack Lambert. So, I mean, that's a stacked team. Are they necessarily that stacked with five, most likely at least four Hall of Famers? Yeah, they're stacked. And, and unfortunately, we can't really compare the Cincinnati Bengals in the same way because – They're just so young.
1: Yeah. I mean, who knows if they're going to get back after this.
2: But the thing is, they're equally stacked. They're just stacked with younger talent, younger. I don't want to say unproven talent because obviously they had to prove themselves to get here. But if you look at the Cincinnati roster, Joe Burrows in his second year, you've got uh, Jamar Chase is a rookie. You've got T Higgins, I believe, is in his second year. Tyler Boyd, I think, is in his third year. Uh, Then you've got Joe Mixon, who I think is in about year five or six. So, yeah, they have a young, powerful offense, but will they keep this up for the next 10 years? That's the big question. And the defense really is like a no-name defense, with all due respect. There's no,
1: like – Big. I mean, the biggest star I can think of that's on that defense is not really a star, the biggest name is Eli Apple.
2: And really, Eli Apple, I think you may best know because he flamed out as a first-round pick with the Giants. He went oh, to yeah. New Orleans, and then he went to Cincinnati, right?
1: Yeah, because when the Giants drafted him,
2: their hope was he was
1: going to be their Revis, and he never panned out as their Revis.
2: No, he didn't. I, I, I think he either got traded or released within the first two years. Like I said, he ended up in New Orleans, and then he ended up in Cincinnati. But, yeah, taking a look at the names on the defense, these are not really big names. Mike Hilton, he was a known commodity for the Steelers for a while. Uh, Larry Ogunjobi did a decent job here in Cleveland, signs with Cincinnati in the offseason as a free agent and hasn't had a bad year. The real key on the defense is Trey Hendrickson, who – I believe led the NFL in 2020 in sacks when he was with the saints, then signed with the Bengals as a free agent. And he put up 14 this year. Oh, uh, and also, and we're probably going to talk about him more than anybody else for reasons you've already heard, but Sam Hubbard has even had a good year. He had seven and a half sacks, but there's another reason we're talking about Sam Hubbard. He's a great player. Don't get us wrong. Oh Yeah. But but well, he, made, he made a uh, – not necessarily a prediction, but who he's dedicating the game to or the win to.
1: Oh, yeah. He dedicated on, pardon my take, that they were going to dedicate this game to the memory of Harambe.
2: Cincinnati legend. <laughs> it's been five years, and he, he did say that. He said, we're doing this for Harambe. Right. And you know what? <laughs> It would be a
1: great thing if they won it for Harambe. Everyone would be so happy. Like, I think his soul would finally rest if the Bengals could pull it off.
2: Well, I'm just wondering, is there nobody else big in Cincinnati you can do it for? Let's do it for Jerry Springer. Let's do it for Boomer Esiason. (laughs) No, we're going to, like, do it for Harambe.
1: East Islip's own Boomer Esiason, I must add.
2: But Still, there's got to be more important people in Cincinnati you could do it for. Barry Larkin. Let's do it for Barry Larkin. Yeah, let, let, let's do it for uh, the 1990 Reds. <laughs> do it for Johnny Bench.
1: Do it for Howard Hesseman.
2: I was thinking about doing that. I thought it might have been a little too soon.
1: Yeah. Well, do it for Pete Rose.
2: Pete Rose, come on. He'd be happy. Yeah. I mean, if he can't get in the hall, at least give him the – the thrill of this victory.
1: Yeah. And I'll probably bet a few dollars on the game too. And by a few dollars, I mean like a couple hundreds. Thousands, a couple hundred thousands, <laughs> a hundred thousands, whatever.
2: Well, I, I think he lives in Vegas now because I did actually see him. Uh, it would be about four years ago at this point. <laughs> he, he was doing a signing and he does this like every day from like nine to five. Really? That's what he does now this is his side gig or well, this is his gig, but he lives in Vegas, or at least I believe he lives in Vegas. And there's a a sports memorabilia slash entertainment memorabilia store there. And he literally just sits at a table waiting for people to come up and get his autograph for a hundred dollars a pop. And he'll talk with you for a few minutes, take a few photos. And yeah, I I went there and it's actually at the, at this, uh memorabilia shop which is in mandalay bay oh there's one at mandalay bay and there's another one elsewhere down the strip but the mandalay bay was the closer of the two locations and yeah just went in gave him my 100 bucks plus tax they gave me a nice new baseball uh actual major league baseball not like some knockoff and he signed it we talked for like five minutes i had a whole bunch of pictures unfortunately stupid me this would have been 2017 so this would have been five years ago because like three months after this happened i got rid of my ipad that i got the pictures of and i forgot to save the photos oh but, well the thing is i put like three or four of them on uh, social media so i still have copies in that regard but i don't have like the full like you know uh 2000 by 1600 resolution photos or whatnot they didn't but get yeah. uploaded to the cloud I don't do clouds. uh, Yeah. I'm hesitant to uh, upload to the cloud, but enough about my insecurities with the internet, but yeah, I mean, for a hundred dollars, I mean, if that's your thing, and the thing is Pete Rose is like my favorite player of all time growing up. Yep. I'm going to spend a hundred dollars. Darn right. I am to meet my hero back in like 1982. Yeah. I'm going to do that, but I think we're getting away from the game. Just win for Pete Rose, win for Harambe, win for Pete Rose, win for Howard Hessman, win for Jerry Springer. (laughs) It would
1: be so great if Jerry Springer was like an honorary captain for the Bengals.
2: It it would be great if after the coin toss, he has one of his final thoughts. You know, the coin toss is an interesting thing. It's a 50-50 shot and there's a 50% (laughs) chance it could go your way. And there's a 50%, sh- it might not go your way. Thanks for listening. Yeah, I-, I could just see Jerry doing one of those heartfelt one-on-one moments telling us about the benefits of, of the coin toss and why sh- strippers and prostitutes are human people, too. <laughs> you know, I was watching on YouTube yesterday.
1: I was watching um, Super Bowl nineteen on YouTube between the 49ers and the Dolphins. And they actually had, and this was amazing, they had live, like, on via satellite, in the uh, Oval Office, they had Ronald Reagan doing the coin toss.
2: Well, well, remember, Reagan did have a bit of a sports legacy. Yeah, he did announcing and stuff like he that. He did
1: do announcing, yes. He was a broadcaster before he uh, was an actor. He was in the movie Bedtime for Bonzo, which had a chip. So, I bet you if he was still with us, Ronnie, he would be cheering for the Bengals too for Harambe.
2: That's a really weird way to get to Harambe, but I get it. I wonder who Nancy would be rooting for. No comment. Let's move on. <laughs> if you know, you know. Yeah, that's why I said if you. Just move on. We're we're not going to indict ourselves. Okay. Well,
1: do we have any uh, ideas of who we think could be the Super Bowl MVP?
2: You know, generally it goes to the quarterbacks. And the thing is, when you look at these two quarterbacks, each of them is easily capable of putting up 350 yards or 400 yards. Maybe not Joe Burrow on the defense of the Rams. But also, yeah, I I think Stafford has a better chance against, like we uh, sort of mentioned earlier, that no-name defense that uh, Cincinnati has. Yeah, again, they have some decent uh, defensive backs. They have Jesse Bates, who basically saved the Kansas City game. Yes, he did. And Mike Hilton, again, longtime Steeler, a known quantity, especially in this area. And they also have Eli Apple, And even though we joked about how he flamed out with the Giants, he did make it to a Super Bowl. And I do believe he's starting for the Bengals. Yes. So good on him.
1: Well, as we said, this is a young team. Who knows if they're going to make it back to the Super Bowl. And I would say for Joe Burrow, if he can win the Super Bowl, just two years removed after winning a national title at LSU, that would be something to go from the national championship to two years later being a super bowl champion.
2: Well, the one thing that I think may stand in his way is his offensive line has not looked that good. Oh no. And that was actually an issue going into the draft this year when they picked Jamar chase, because everybody's saying, Oh, you got to get, an offensive tackle you got to get a left tackle or a right tackle you've got to protect Joe Burrow especially if you remember last year he had a devastating injury like 9 weeks into the season that ended his rookie year they didn't address that at least with the first round pick they went with Jamar Chase who in hindsight was a pretty good choice but the thing is if you saw the Tennessee game the, the divisional the, the, round the divisional round yeah i didn't know oh, he
1: he looked very shaky
2: well, he also, well, not he, but his line, the offensive oh. line of the Bengals, gave up nine sacks.
1: Nine sacks, and they still won the game.
2: And they gave it up to, I think, it was like nine different people. I'm not even joking, because I think the most uh, sacks any one person on the Titans had was like one and a half. Oh, wow. And then you had a bunch with like one, and then a couple people with like half a sack. Hmm. So like nine or ten people got a sack in that game. And you still lost. Yeah, and they still lost. The thing is, if the offensive line is that weak, or, or still that weak, if you will, you've got Aaron Donald, you've got Von Miller, you've got Leonard Floyd, who had nine and a half sacks this year, so by no means is he a bum. Hold on. When you said Leonard, I thought you were going to say Leonard Fry. Oh, no. Wouldn't that be great? If Mr. Smith lined up in a football jersey, played for the Rams. (laughs) He's doing it for Harambe, too. And Bobo's on the sideline coaching. Oh, I did not want to go down that path. But, yeah, the, the, the thing is, when you've got Von Miller, future Hall of Famer, and you've got Aaron Donald, future Hall of Famer, And you've got Leonard Floyd, who by no means is a slacker. He's put up numbers this year. Yeah. I mean, I wouldn't be surprised if that Cincinnati offensive line gives up five sacks, two to Donald, and then disperse the other three, wherever you want. I would not be surprised if that happened. Okay. Again, we have precedent.
1: All right. So, who are we gonna pick as Super Bowl MVP?
2: You know, I'm gonna go Stafford. I, I think this is his legacy on the line because again, he's in his 13th year. Who knows if he'll get back here? I mean, he's got all the weapons now, but again, Von Miller's gonna be a year older this time next year. Uh, everybody else is gonna be a year older, and Matthew Stafford, if I remember correctly. He's got to be close to 35. I know 35 is like the new 30. Uh, He's, oh, he actually, I'm sorry, tomorrow he turns 34. Tomorrow, as of the time we record this. So February 7th, he'll turn 34. Okay. So he'll be right on the cusp of 35 for next year's Super Bowl. All right. Or, Or he'll already be 35. But again, you know, 35 nowadays for quarterbacks seemingly is like 30. You, you don't have 35-year-old quarterbacks retiring nowadays. You see what happened to that person who just retired in Tampa Bay. And you've got Breeze, who was, what, like 41, 42 when he retired. And Peyton and was 40. Only 40? Oh, only 40. I thought he was like 41 or 42. Well,
1: I think it was 40, 41, not positive, but and, somewhere and then
2: around. Yeah, and, and then Peyton Manning was 40 when he retired, 39, 40. And Aaron Rodgers, gosh knows, he's like 39, 38, and he's not looking at retiring anytime soon. He's looking at uh, possibly going to a, a new team next year. So, yeah, it, it's very possible you know, he, this may be his only chance. But uh, again, I mean, in the, the age of people playing till they're 40, 42, 44, he may last until 2030. But still, I want him to win. He deserves it. I really think this is going to be the thing that gets into the Hall of Fame just because I I think that legacy of Detroit, uh, it it just sort of lingers over him. It's not his fault that he was on a bad team. It's not his fault that ownership can't draft uh, decent players around him or get a defense. No, I I think this is his time to shine. And really – I hope he doesn't. I really, really hope he doesn't. Well, I'm going to go with Cup. I think he's going to
1: have a hell of a game. He's probably going to get probably eight receptions, 150 yards or something. I think he's going to have a hell of a game.
2: I I think that's very reasonable. Yeah. And if I'm picking somebody who's not a quarterback to be the MVP, and I'm not going to go defense, I'm going to just pick. Uh, one of the skill positions, wide receiver, tight end, running back. I really think uh, the the person that may shine for Cincinnati, if they win besides Burrow and the wide receivers, Chase is definitely a good solid pick for uh, the MVP, but they generally don't give it to wide receivers. I think Joe Mixon, he could turn out to be the MVP. He's one of those running backs, sort of like a Nick Chubb type who can break off a 40, 50, 60 yard run at any time. Yes. And th- this may actually be sort of a make or break game for Mixon. Cause again, he's been in the league now, like what, five years, I think. And he may be sort of approaching that hall of fame territory. Potentially. I mean, if he's got a title, and he averages about 1,000 yards a season, uh, which taking a look at his career stats, five seasons, he's got 4,500 plus yards. So he averages about 900 yards a season, but he was really uh, injured last year. So let's say a 1,000 a season just for, for our purposes. Yeah, if he uh, rushes for, say, let's play, say he plays for 12 years, rushes for 12,000 yards, has his Super Bowl title, in spite of his uh, his behavioral issues, if you remember what he did at Oklahoma, which we're not going to get into, he might be a Hall of Famer. Yeah, it's possible. Pot- potentially, but again, we're it's really pie in the sky at this point. We're making a lot of predictions that we really will know nothing about for probably another 15 years or so.
1: Yeah, some of this might make old takes exposed, so who knows?
2: Yeah, some of this may not age very well, but, hey, that's the chance we're going to take. Well, it's February
1: 2022, so we're just taking a good guess. We don't have a crystal ball. We're not like these so-called pundit shows that act like, oh, we know everything.
2: And on that note, I was going to say, what do you think the final score will be? We, We got the MVPs out of the way. Who do you think will win? What do you think the score will be? All right. If the Rams win – now, I'm going to go cover
1: both my bases here. If the Rams win, it's going to be a two-touchdown game. But if the Bengals win, it's going to be very close, like we've seen in the divisional round game and in the AFC title game.
2: Yeah, but both of them came down to Evan McPherson, the kicker.
1: Yes. So if the Rams have control of the game, I don't think they're going to make the same mistake Kansas City
2: did. Oh, I'd hope not. I think you're on the right path with, uh, with the Rams. you got to remember they have home field advantage, and that's huge right there because they're playing in front of their home crowd. Presumably the crowd is going to be maybe 80 to 90% Los Angeles Rams fans. The Bengals, I think, are getting into a situation that they just haven't been in at this point. They're so young, not to say that Joe Burrow can't step up on the big stage because he did that two years ago with LSU. Again, I just think it's Los Angeles' to lose. I think Stafford, this is his final mark, his legacy that gets him in the Hall of Fame. I think Cup, like you said, I I think he'll actually have more than eight catches. I think he may go for about uh, 10, maybe even 12 catches But I like that number. I think you said 140 or 150. Yes, I think think that's a very solid number that he'll get. And I do think the Rams, they're definitely going to win it uh, in their own home stadium, I think, by at least 10 points. At least a two-score victory. Two scores. I'm saying 10 points. I wouldn't be surprised if it's more. I like your two-touchdown speculation. It's not going to be a blowout. This is not going to be the Bears versus New England. This is going to be a somewhat competitive game. It may end up being something like, I'll say like 31-21 or 34-24, but I wouldn't be surprised if it's even higher. I would definitely say if you're a betting person, go for the over. Okay. Well, we're going to be back in just a second. We're going to talk
1: about some other stuff in just a bit. So stay with us.
0: This ABC Sports Exclusive is brought to you by McDonald's. It's a good time for the great taste of McDonald's. By Alka-Seltzer. For stomach upset with a headache, send the bubbles of Alka-Seltzer to the rescue. And by Budweiser, proud sponsor of the 1988 U.S. Olympic team. This Bud's for you. Pornhill, let's get something to drink. Where are we, anyway? Take route 60 to 30 35 and then to route 70, I know where we are. It's upside down. There. Oh, I used to know where we were, but... Let's oh oh. oh, no, 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 just not forget about it, okay? My money is in there. What's the problem? How do we get back in? Hey. All right, come on, let's go. You got the keys? You have them. I don't have them. All right. This is not a problem. The Super Bowl. The Packers won two straight. The Raiders won three times. And the Steelers won it four times. But one team has been there five years in a row, the GTE team. Once again, selected by the NFL to custom-design the telecommunication system for the Super Bowl. i
3: Lilly, Lily. Tell us Cowboys. Two Super
0: Bowl wins. Who'd ever forget? You did. It's football
1: time. Your ball, Jim Kelly. My turn to hurt. I did it. You can do it. I can
3: deal with pain, Jimmy. My doc says ibuprofen for body pain. The medicine in Nuprin. My trainer? Same thing. So Nuprin. Nuprin with Nuprin. Strong stuff. Just takes one. Nuprin. Football's not so rough. At least we wear long
0: pants. For back, joint, or muscle pain. Nuprin with Nuprin, the body pain medicine. It's the hottest
3: music ticket of the year with live performances by Madonna, Boys to Men, Celine Dion, and more. The 22nd Annual American Music Awards live tomorrow here on ABC.
0: Sparky? Sparky? Sparky, come back! Sparky, stay!
2: There's only one way off this boat for you now, mister. Good thing these roll-gold pretzels are fat-free.
0: Arms away, (laughs) pretzel boy. (laughs) Brave man. Yeah, must be the pretzels. (laughs) For great taste that's fat-free, it must be roll-gold. And welcome back to Miami where the Chargers... Al, Al, hold it. Look at this. Can you believe this? I've seen it all now. And the guy's got a dog with him. <laughs> this is absolutely incredible. Go Niners!
3: Having a little trouble finding the right pair of jeans? You'll like the way you look in Lee. Oh, we'll take it. The brand that fits.
1: Do it! No!
2: Do it! Never!
0: But
3: ice. But uh, beware the penguins. So you are claiming, Mr. Randall yelled, you're in my house now, Dorothy. Your mama can't save you now. You're mine, boy. And then he called you a little schoolgirl.
0: Is that true, Mr. Randall? No, Your Honor. I simply said he looked better in a little schoolgirl's uniform.
1: <laughs> Oh, NFL Extreme 2, with all the bone-crunching, oh, smack-talking oh, arcade action oh, you'd okay. expect from pro football's best players. Ninety-nine,
3: Ninety-nine. <laughs> Bill, remove this wuss from my courtroom.
1: Promotional consideration paid for by the following. Bone-crunching action, hard-charging plays, all the football excitement of the button-pounding arcade smash, super high-impact football for Genesis and Super NES. You are watching CBS Sports coverage Just. Of- Super Bowl 26, And welcome back to It Was a Thing on TV Presents. Mike, how did you like that commercial for
2: NFL Extreme with Judge Mills Lane? I was speechless in a number of regards. First, big ups on them for getting John Randall, who's a Hall of Fame player. Maybe not a big-name Hall of Fame player, but at least he got the respect to be in that ad by the, the powers that be. But also, Judge Mills Lane, oh my gosh. That reeked of like 1998, 1999. (laughs) Oh, and also, if you listen to our uh, main show, uh, Judge Mills Lane is a future entry. Oh,
1: we are eventually going to one day get to Judge Mills Lane. We did Judge Wapner's Animal Court, then damn it, we're going to do Judge Mills Lane. But not before we do Gary Busey Pet Justice, or whatever the hell that show is called.
2: Gary Busey, pet judge. Come on.
1: Okay. Pet judge, pet justice. It's the same thing.
2: And if you really need a Mills Lane fix, go to Pluto TV to their courtroom channel. They show Mills Lane like every day.
1: Yeah. Or you could watch Celebrity Deathmatch.
2: Or you could do that too. Absolutely. That's right. Celebrity Deathmatch. Speaking of reeking 1999. Oh, yeah. Oh, man,
1: we didn't include it on any of the three video game shows the Celebrity Deathmatch game on PS2. Oh, well. That's for the best.
2: It's probably is. Oh, I've played it. That's for the best.
1: It's terrible. Well, it's horrible. It is. <laughs> okay. But, hey, Mike, we had the recent 40th anniversary of Late Night with David Letterman, and can you believe this? There's now an official David Letterman YouTube channel. Finally. Finally. Finally, finally. not only do we have The Late Show with David Letterman clips, but now for the first time in ages in crystal clear quality, we got Late Night with David Letterman too.
2: Yeah. And they've got some classic clips up there. Oh. Yeah. Oh, they have a compilation of like the top 10 stupidest human tricks oh my i remember seeing a couple of these oh yeah, the lady with her eyes bugging out i can't watch that i cannot watch it she did the same thing on uh the, the guinness record show on fox yeah. like 20 years ago and that scared the jesus out of me <laughs> oh I, I cannot watch the bug-eyed lady no but the, the the guy that stops the ceiling fan with his tongue oh, oh yeah oh i i remember that uh, and the uh, the human jump rope oh yes that, that was, was great but
1: I love the one clip that Dave showed on Seth Meyers with the elevator races <laughs> have you seen that? I, I don't think I have alright let me find it alright Dave's elevator races ok so we're going to watch this live
3: welcome back to the show boy this is it tension is at a fever pitch When you work here at NBC, one of the things you do a lot is ride in elevators, and since a lot of sports originated from real-life activities, there is no better sport for this building than, of course, elevator races. In fact, this is one of the finest facilities in North America for this sport. Let's now meet the contestants, find out a little bit about them. Your name, ma'am, is? Clara McAllister. Clara, where are you from? Albany, New York. Albany, New York. Do you have...
1: I love Have that she's holding a sign that it, that shows the diagram of yeah, the elevator. Uh-huh.
3: Are you familiar with the Westinghouse cars? <laughs>
0: <laughs> no. Okay,
3: well, are you excited?
0: Very much so. Okay,
3: Clara, good luck to you. And your name, sir? Bill Banker. Bill, where are you from? Peekskill, New York. Peekskill, and any elevator experience in your past? Oh, a lot. A lot. Pretty confident, then. I'm an expert. An expert? Yeah. All right. A <laughs> man is an expert at racing elevators. Keep that in mind as the contest proceeds. Uh, and your name, ma'am? Mary Alice Bittner. Mary Alice, where are you from? Savannah, Georgia. And how about Savannah? Elevators down there that you... uh oh, many, many. Many elevators. Many uh,
1: elevators in Savannah.
3: Pretty much at random or were you the only three who would play along? <laughs> okay, here are the contestants now. I'm going to read the rules to you, which are extensive as it turns out. Number one, you will be signed and be assigned an individual elevator corresponding to the number you have on your uh, whatever you call that party.
0: <laughs> number
3: two, take the elevator that you summons with your finger there from the sixth floor where we are now to the lobby, that will be designated as L on your button. To
1: the lobby at 30 reps. Out
3: of the elevator in the lobby, pick up the torch. You must a then torch. reboard your own elevator and ride to the ninth.
2: Floor, the ninth floor. Get
3: your number notarized by staff notary public Gerard Mulligan, and this is Gerard over there. Gerard, oh! Are you all set?
2: I didn't know he's a notary. There's, There's Gerard. Gerard. Uh, young now, Gerard. The yeah.
3: Same elevator now, and return to the sixth floor. That's here. Come back across the finish line. Now, a few reminders: you are not allowed to ask anyone to hold the elevator for you. You must ride only on your assigned elevator. And you must be polite to all other passengers. Oh, okay. Remember, this race is conducted with normal elevator traffic. Let me quickly show you the route. Here we are here, the start, the three contestants going down to the lobby to pick up these torches.
1: Get the torch. Get
3: back on the cars up to the ninth floor. Unbelievable, isn't it, ladies and gentlemen? (laughs) And now for uh, uh, standing by down in the lobby to give us uh, his thoughts and perspectives as we grow ever closer to the start of this epic event, NBC sportscaster Bob
0: Costa. Bob? David, the (laughs) atmosphere down here is incredibly tense. I have to liken it to the scene at the 18th grade of a Masters golf tournament. These people have waited patiently through the week-long hype. They've seen the cover story. Look at these two people
2: behind Bob. They're like... Now
0: it's time to put up or shut up. Briefly what the hell is this? Here. I'm room sorry. Room I'm looking at the table the like there's a fruit These bowl on the table. Oh, will be waiting to refresh them with a quick drink of water, an opportunity to towel off, and then oh, towel. Good. grabbing the official late night torch. Oh, that's the People torch. Back that's the, the torch. Elevator. But keep in mind, as David mentioned, the elevator may close while you're grabbing your torch, and so you'll be left down here just like any other chump at 30 Rock. (laughs) Handling the color competition for this year is NBC security guard, Harrison Clear. Harrison, move in a little bit closer, don't be bashful. Harrison, you know, I don't know about you, but these babies look to me like they are running in perfect shape. I have not seen machinery (laughs) handle this smoothly since those two memorable Otises back in Cleveland. About 95% of the time they do run smoothly. Let me ask you this, you've been around this elevator game a long time. The old timers, Scruffy, Grabotnik, Izzy Swift, these guys truly were great veterans of the shafts. They loved the game, the elevator game. But these newcomers, to me, it seems like money, money, money. Always the same thing. Well, the, the old timers are very alert in terms of the functioning of the elevators and they do run properly, you know. Well, there you have it. From Harrison Clear, NBC security guard.
1: The that's good.
0: To the starting gun continues. Let's take you back upstairs to Studio Six A and David Letterman. David- All right, thank you very much, Bob Costas, ladies and gentlemen, NBC Sports, and Bob will
3: keep us posted as the race uh, continues. All that's left now to show you what's at stake. This lovely. Trophy!
1: Oh, look at that trophy! Is. <laughs>
3: this is what the contestants are vying for. The golden shaft. The golden shaft. <laughs> and second and third place, of course, receive the Late Night with David Letterman sponges. There you have it. Oh, right <laughs> uh,
1: sponges. the sponges. Folks,
3: want to line up? Uh, Clara McAllister, Bill Banker,
1: Mary Alice Bittner. This. Okay.
2: <laughs> Who do you the... got? Are we all set? Oh, you I know. Um, I know. Who do you got? Uh, I'm going to take uh, okay. two. The guy in the middle.
1: Okay. Here we go. <laughs> <laughs> oh, she's number one. In the world. <laughs> she just stuck up and was like, "Oh," and they're still waiting for their elevators. <laughs> Okay,
3: the race officially underway of course now. Uh, we're going to pause for a commercial. Any late-breaking updates, we'll be right back here. Right, let's go down now to the lobby. Okay, an update now we got updates. Race with NBC Sportscaster
0: Bob Costas. Bob, how does it look down there now? Well, David, amazingly enough, just as you came to me, contestant number two, Bill, and Mary Alice number three just arrived in the lobby, but they are trailing badly. Contestant number one, Clara, apparently recovering nicely from that nasty between-floors accident which marred her bid in the St. Louis Invitational, has spurted ahead. Do you feel like you have any chance to catch up, Bill?
2: I don't know. It's going
0: to be tough. It's really going to be tough. I'm going to try, but I don't know what's going to happen. All right, take off, Bill. Get out of here. What about you, Mary Alice? Are you in shape? I mean, this is pretty grooming. I'm in great shape. We've been walking New York for a whole week.
2: You got it. Take off.
0: I won't keep you any longer. (laughs) David, back up to you. Bob, and another
3: fine job being turned in down there in the lobby. Good luck, as always, to all our contestants. Uh, So it looks like, who is it? Uh, Clara McAllister is in the lead? Okay, well, good luck to Clara.
0: He wrote a song.
3: Okay. And...
1: Now, Dave's doing the middle of his interview and then Not to oh! Think
0: about it and all of a sudden
3: history Excuse me, just a minute. Speaking of <laughs> history, <laughs> fantastic. And she's you just cruising
1: number 1. You. Yeah!
0: <laughs>
3: <laughs> Come on over here. Just, just Just have a seat right here. <laughs> Excuse
1: me, we'll get the- oh. <laughs> oh, they put the wrong First graphic right here, up. Clara, That's
3: right. Clara, congratulations! And they corrected it. This and now trophy. she gets the shaft. That's beautiful. That's
0: beautiful.
2: How, uh, uh,
3: how, how was it? How was the big race?
2: Well, it was tiring. <laughs>
3: uh-huh. You look exhausted. I am. Yeah.
2: It was very. It was lots of fun. Uh-huh. Any, Met have, some very nice people on the elevator. Uh-huh. They were uh-huh. very polite.
3: Any trouble on the ninth floor? Yes. Oh, what happened? Our notarizer wasn't there when I got there. What? Oh, really? The notary public was not there? No. you Gerard! He oh, he, so you had to wait on the guy? That's right. Oh, but it's an oh. handicap. Uh, <laughs> congratulations. I don't know where the other people are. Though. Well, they're they're way behind you. What is uh- this? Oh, the, let's, here's our official time. Well, this is not a bad time. This is world-class time. Five minutes, ten seconds,
1: ladies Five and Five minutes and ten seconds. Okay.
3: Sarah, thank you very much.
1: You're very welcome. I Anytime.
3: You're uh, a true champion. You competed marvelously. Thank, <laughs> thank you so much. You Go on up there and have a seat. We'll get back to you a little later.
2: They should have done that more often. That was great. Oh, yes. Now, obviously, they couldn't have done it really in the CBS uh, era. But still, they could have done it at 30 Rock. Yeah. But you know, some of the best
1: things is um, they showed uh, one of the clips of Dave's mom at the Winter
2: Olympics. Oh, yes. There's a lot of good vintage stuff on there. They even have like really clear copies of stuff we've talked about in the past. Larry Bud Melman welcoming people at the bus depot. Yes. Oh, that's priceless. And um,
1: the Jerry Lawler Andy Kaufman bit.
2: Oh, yeah, we talked about that. We haven't talked about it directly, but we talked about it in the uh, year in a review show talking about WWE's Most Wanted.
1: Yeah, and of course, we'll eventually one day cover the Andy Kaufman I'm From Hollywood documentary. That'll be a fun time whenever we get around to that episode. But, yeah, it's so great seeing all that stuff on the uh, Waterman YouTube channel. And they got 33 years' worth of material to get around to, so...
2: Ch- and literally the page has been up under a week as we're recording this. So they're going to add stuff over time. Be patient.
1: Yeah. I mean, eventually everything will be up at some point. So is there anything else that good that's happened lately?
2: Well, I'm holding out for daytime Letterman. Oh, 1980 Letterman. Yeah. I mean, we've seen bits and pieces of that, but there's so much that we haven't seen. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, there's a
1: lot that probably hasn't been seen since the original airing in 1980.
2: Oh, absolutely. I think we only have maybe, what, about seven or eight episodes out there. So that tells me that there's probably, what, about 150 more episodes out there. Give or take. Something like that.
3: Yeah.
1: Well, we have the um, the Pro Bowl just happened today, and... uh. As we're recording this, in the AFC won, uh, forty-one to thirty-five. So, yay, to the AFC, I guess. Like anyone really cares about the Pro Bowl, but
2: yeah, nobody cares about that. Who cares? Yeah, as I told Greg before we started recording, I've been watching curling uh, on the Olympics all day. So that tells you how much I care about the Pro Bowl.
1: Okay, and women's hockey is on USA right now as we speak. Five nothing U.S. over the Swiss in the second period right now. Jeez, (laughs) it probably is a recording because I don't see live on the USA network thing at the bottom, so it's probably from earlier today. So,
2: well, you got to remember that uh, Beijing is how many hours behind New York City? Probably twelve or thirteen. Something like that. So it's probably like 5, 5.30 in the morning right now. So it was definitely recorded. Yeah. And
1: um, what else do we got later on this week? Uh, Look at the USA Network schedule for Monday, February 7th. Uh, we got Biathlon. And then we got for uh, Tuesday, we got Mixed Doubles curling the bronze medal game. And then uh, there's a Premier League game in between. But then uh, 5 o'clock on Tuesday, women's hockey, the U.S. versus Canada in a rematch from the gold medal game in 2018. Oh, that's going to be a good game. That's going to be a good game. But uh, Wednesday, men's hockey, the Czech Republic against Denmark at 8.30 a.m.
2: Also, Greg, I think I can spoil it since uh, it's not live. Yeah. USA ended up beating Switzerland 8-0. Okay, so it just became 6 nothing. So the U.S.
1: is going to show some mercy. They're just going to score two more goals. Just be like, Switzerland, just try to score a goal. We'll just give you a freebie. And they couldn't get a chance.
2: Oh, my gosh. No. But yeah, that, that USA-Canada game should be absolutely epic. Oh, yes. And, and the curling... I'm not kidding. That's what I watched most of the weekend. And as I again mentioned to Greg before we started the show, the Italian team is an undefeated 8 0 or 9 0. I think they're 8 0 right now. Something like that. But still, curling is one of the most fun sports they have during the Olympics. And unfortunately, after curling ends, people are going to forget about it until 2026. Well, if I were the USA
1: Network, now that NBC Sports Network is no more, USA's picking up some of the slack on the cable side of NBC Sports. Have a Curling Night in America on USA Network.
2: There was one. It was on on NBCSN I I I think. Was it? I thought it was uh, on another channel, but yeah, there was a Curling Night in America for a brief while in the last year or so.
1: Yeah, but yeah, everyone should have a Curling Night in America. It should be like once a week. Everyone's sits down and watches some curling.
2: People could need that as a distraction. Oh, I'd love it. Seriously, I've seen it uh, when uh, NBCSN or whoever aired it uh, showed it like every week. It was was a a diversion from the norm. It was very fun. And it looks like the curling is going to be going on for a little while, possibly till the end of the games, because the men's curling final happens on the 19th of February. Okay. So that would be the Saturday uh, before the Olympics end. So they're not going away after the mixed curling medal games. We still have women's curling and we have men's curling. So plenty of curling to come in the next uh, couple of weeks. Or the next
1: week, since this will be up on Super Bowl Sunday. So.
2: Yeah, true. But still, plenty of curling. Plenty of curling.
1: And what else do we have? Oh, well, let me just look to see what we have on the schedule for the next week. I'm trying to remember. Oh, we got on the uh, schedule for this coming week, February 14th, which would be tomorrow, Valentine's Day. We got Abby's. And then on Thursday, we got Get a Life.
2: Which is one we've been waiting for for a long time. I know this is one of Greg's favorite shows. It's one of my favorite shows. We're going to have fun with that show.
1: Oh, yes. And especially Handsome Boy Modeling Agency.
2: I knew you were going to say that. Handsome Boy Modeling Agency. Oh, my gosh. Where
1: Chris gets a taste of the filthy side of the modeling business. (laughs)
2: <laughs> we'll talk about that later though Oh, now I know what I need to do over the next few days I need to watch some uh, Get a Life that's true gotta study up and also we get to talk about
1: Brian Doyle Murray oh who doesn't like Brian Doyle Murray oh yeah if you don't like Brian Doyle Murray you're just an and Eleanor Donahue oh Eleanor Donahue who just yeah. love
2: Eleanor Donahue
1: yeah, we talked about Eleanor like a lot of times on this podcast.
2: Yeah. She was on the Love Boat. She was on that week of Match Game Hollywood Squares, the the 50s tribute week with... Mr. Black. And uh, eight stars from the 50s. Oh. And um, <laughs> we talk
1: about Match Game Hollywood Squares. Okay. You know how I always bring this up? You know how I'm always constantly disappointed that Gallagher didn't smash a watermelon that week on Match Game Out with Squares. I've heard you mention it a few times. Like, okay. Wouldn't it have been so great? Friday of the week, Gower says, I got a surprise. All right, everybody. I have a watermelon. I'm going to smash it. And he smashes the watermelon. Everyone would have loved it. Gene would have loved it. John would have loved it. Everyone in the audience would have loved it. It's his shtick. Yeah, that, and also, I'm also pissed how he never used the glove trick to kill some time. That would have been awesome. Again, is his shtick. It was his shtick. People wanted to see the shtick. But you know what? At least it was made up for it on Friday night videos when Ted Danson learned how to do it.
2: <laughs> and we've mentioned that in the past somewhere. Yeah. Oh, my gosh.
1: oh okay since this is primarily about football i should mention the nfl draft will be coming up right after this so where are the browns in the draft this year
2: i think they're about 13 i think that's where odell was drafted actually i think he was 13th okay
1: let me just look i'm on pro football focus right now Yeah, 13th overall pick and, um,
2: and, the, and the draft isn't going to happen until, like, late April.
1: Okay. So, they have a mock draft simulator. So, do you want to do what the mock draft simulator on Pro Football Focus?
2: Sure. Why not? All
1: right. How many rounds do you want to do? Let's
2: just do the first round. First
1: round? Okay. So, four. Let me just pick the spots. Okay. Four, ten, thirteen. Do that. And uh, we'll do it. Sort of slow. Okay, here we go. Uh, Let's start the draft right here. Okay, the mock draft. Okay, let's see what the first three picks were. Uh, Got Thibodeau selected number one by the Jaguars, Evan Neal by the Lions at two, and Derek Stigley Jr. at three by the Texans, which I don't know about that pick. I'm
2: you're... not gonna lie. I've never heard of any of those people. Not, not even Derek Stingley Jr. I don't know who that is. That's um, uh, Daryl Stingley's
1: grandson, former uh, New England wide receiver. News to me. Okay. All right. So all right. Uh, well, I'll just go Kyle Hamilton from Notre Dame because that's uh who everyone thinks that they'll take at four. So I'll take that. And the computer takes. So the computer takes Aiden Hutchinson of Michigan for the Giants at five. George Carla Fitz. I think that's how you pronounce it from Purdue. I don't know. Again, never heard of him. Charles Cross from Mississippi State to the Giants at seven. I guess. Yeah, I guess the Giants have the seventh pick. Garrett Wilson, wide receiver from Ohio State at 8. Kenny Pickett from Pittsburgh at 9 for the Broncos. And um, I'm going to go Drake London because everyone thinks the Jets are going to take Drake London with the Seahawks pick at 10. And then Ahmad Gardner at 11 for the Washington Commanders. It's so weird to say that, Washington Commanders. Not the best name. Yeah, but you know what? Everyone will get used to it after like week three.
2: Just like getting used to the Guardians.
1: Mm. Uh Ikem Iquanu from NC State from the Vikings at twelve is what the computer takes. Okay, so thirteen. All right, this is your pick. What do you want?
2: I want a wide receiver. I want I, I think it may be a little uh early to be picking Chris Olave, but I, I want a wide receiver.
1: Okay. Um so we have Jamison Williams from Alabama, Chris Olave from Ohio State. So which one of those two would you take? I'd take Olave. Because he's Ohio State.
2: Well, again, I mean, if you know me, you know I don't care for Ohio State. No, I, I would pick him because he's been a quality wide receiver for the Buckeyes for the last three or four years. And I think he can really help out that offense.
1: That's the draft uh, for the first draft. Round and yeah, there's our picks. Look at that. We're all going to the Super Bowl next year. Because the NFL decides to be weird and there's a lockout that we don't see. And then everyone gets a playoff spot. Everyone gets a trophy. <laughs> Why not? That's the only way they'll both be in the playoffs.
2: The only way the Jets are going to win anything.
1: You know what I'm going to say is I can see them going 7-10, and 8-9 next year. It's not going to mean anything. But I think they have better right now long-term success, at least as a hope, than the Giants right now.
2: I agree. The, the Giants are a
1: mess, Even though uh, Zach Wilson did not have the best rookie year and neither did Robert Sala. No. I mean, the only positive I can say about Zach Wilson is he didn't turn the ball over when he uh, got back from his injury. But uh, other than the Tampa Bay game, he really did not do anything much, at least as far as I know, because I am only judging him based on the stat sheets. Because as you know, I'm not watching the games for reasons.
2: For reasons, yes. Yes.
1: If you've listened to this podcast, you can understand the reasons why.
2: You know those reasons, absolutely. Yeah.
1: Let's just say I'm hoping that Brian Flores has more information in those text messages.
2: Woody Johnson is trash. Yes. And
1: here's another hint. Woody Johnson doesn't acknowledge that this month is Black History Month. Take a good guess why. So that's our Super Bowl
2: preview, everybody.
1: (laughs) That's right. So we're going to have a lot of fun. We're going to have as much chips and, and dip. What do you usually eat for the Super Bowl?
2: Usually I get a sandwich, you know, go to like uh, like Jersey Mike's and get, get a sub sandwich. Um, th- th- it really varies depending on the weather and, you know, just how I feel.
1: Oh, you know what I just forgot? The puppy balls today, too. Puppy balls today? I'm very excited about the puppy ball. I'm hoping one of these puppies has a terrific performance. It has an MVP performance that will make Dak Prescott proud. Do you want to feel old? What? Do you know what number puppy bowl it is this year? Is it at 18? 18. Oh, my God. The puppy bowl is now officially old enough to vote.
2: Well, also, the puppies that were on the first couple of bowls, probably at least one through probably about three or four. Oh,
1: they're no longer with
2: us. They're they're no longer with us. Yeah. We
1: we gotta pay tribute to the legends of the puppy ball.
2: There's so many. Oh yeah. It's so fun. It is so fun. And then also we had Harry Callis for a few years uh doing the the play by play coverage.
1: Oh yeah before his uh death in uh two thousand nine. Still miss Harry Callis. Oh absolutely especially on NFL films oh
3: and the action picks up once again the fur is flying out there That flop. It's difficult to tell where one dog begins and the other ends.
2: I was afraid you're going to put the clip of Tom Brenneman. I, I'm oh. very sorry. Uh, I, I'd like to apologize to anybody I offended. As Castellanos, as, as, as Castellanos hits gets it. Gets ball all the deep left fields, home run. So, as I was saying, I feel very remorseful for what I did. You know what? Harambe
1: would be very ashamed of Tom Brenneman.
2: No. Yeah, the the Bengals are not winning this for Tom Brenneman. No, No. they
1: will not win this for Tom Brenneman. Maybe Morty, but not Tom.
2: No, 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 no. But that's
1: all we got to say about that, to quote Forrest Gump. And oh, hey, in case you haven't been checking out our feed in the last week or so, we have some good stuff for you on the feed right now. There's a live show that me and Chico did covering the 1993 Disney movie, Cool running. So if you had Disney+, Plus, you can play our commentary with the movie over you watching the movie. So it'll be fun. Like Rift Trek style. So we hope you enjoy it. But hey, this week, Abby's Get a Life. It's going to be fun.
2: Oh, it's going to be great.
1: It's going to be awesome. And then, oh, let me just see what we got coming later on in the month. Oh, yeah. The Hudson Brothers Razzle Dazzle
2: Show. That, that's my money in the bank.
1: Oh God, that's gonna be something. I, I don't
2: think you know what to expect
1: from it. No, I don't, and I'm scared about that.
2: Don't be scared. Don't okay. be scared. It, 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 it's it, it's very tame. It's, it's not gonna offend you or anything like okay, that. Okay,
1: good. I got somebody to tease. We do have a special show planned for the month of March. Oh, we do. We do, yes. Well, for the last two years, we've had enough material that we're going to have a special show paying tribute to some of the people that we have discussed on this podcast because we're about to hit 250 episodes in March. Yeah, we are. Yeah, it's hard to believe. Can you believe, like, i say about, what, two and a half years ago when... You didn't know I was recording the first episode, the episode zero. The pilot, yeah. Yeah, you didn't realize I was recording. And how far have we come? We've gone from zippers to the madness that we've seen in the last two and a half years. To hilarity ensues. To hilarity ensues, yes. Hilarity did ensue during Mr. Bogus. But... We are going to have, in March, the first ever, it was a thing on TV, Hall of Fame class.
2: Yes, we will.
1: Yeah. And we've speculated on who the locks are. The locks are that are going to make the class in the first Hall of Fame year.
2: I think there's, in my mind, a legit half dozen people who are going to make it. Half
1: dozen. Half dozen.
2: And again, if you've been watching the show for any amount of time, you probably could name at least four of those six.
1: Oh, yes. And one of those, I guarantee you, has the initials MS, with a C
2: in front of the M. Uh, I think he's might be the initial Hall of Famer. He's going to be the headliner. He'll be the David Ortiz of the Hall of Fame for this year. He'll be the one person that goes in clean. Wait a minute, I
1: don't think that's the right choice of words saying David Ortiz and clean, if you know what I mean. Well, the cleanest, let's say that. The cleanest that doesn't have any baggage. Yeah. I put baggage in quotation marks.
2: Yes, big air
1: quotes. Air quotes. But that's it. So, hope you have fun with the Super Bowl. This has been Greg, along with Mike, and we'll see you next time with a new episode tomorrow. Enjoy the Super Bowl, and we'll have some more stuff on the Podbean feed real soon.